Huwallazi he is the one who Allah is the one who ja'alakum he has made you khala'ifa fil ard successors upon the earth khala'if plural of the word khalifa and who is khalifa khalifa is one who comes after the other and does what the former did meaning one comes he goes and then the other comes and takes his place and while he's there he's doing what the first one did and then soon he will go and a third one will come and he will do what the second one did you understand so each is replaced by the other and the work goes on so huwallazi ja'alakum khala'ifa fil ard allah has made you successors upon the earth meaning your time on earth is short just like those before you came and left you too have come and very soon you will depart faman kafara so whoever disbelieves fa alayhi kufru then on him is his kufr on him meaning against him will be his kufr meaning his kufr is only going to harm him he will suffer the consequences of his kufr wala anna yazidul kafirina wala yazidu and it does not increase for who al kafirina the disbelievers what is it that does not increase them kufruhum their kufr meaning the kufr of the kafirin the disbelief of those who disbelieve does not increase them inda rabbihim near their lord illa maqta except in maqt hatred the word maqt it means to have extreme hatred and anger and detestation you know for someone why on seeing them do something that is wrong so it's a combination of bugh and ghadab ashaddul bugh and ghadab extreme dislike hatred coupled with anger like for example when a father when a father tells his teenage daughter for example you better study hard all right because you have your exams coming up and you know we've been trying so hard to make sure that you go to school and and all of this and what happens the exam is the next day apparently she's studying in the room and what happens he finds out that she's actually chatting online now this is going to cause anger extreme anger right but with the anger also frustration and dislike that how could you do something so lowly how could you you are being helped accommodated in so many ways what are you doing and eventually what happens to such people they lose all their chances and then they're left on their own so wala yazidul kafirina kufruhum inda rabbihim illa maqta the more kufr they do the more anger they deserve and the more loss they suffer what is this showing us that really kufr is what brings ultimate loss to a person in this world and also in the next world in this world how that apparently a person may be having a lot of fun a person may be successful in worldly terms but in reality near allah subhanahu wa ta'ala he's only gaining more and more maqt and can you imagine a person is disliked by allah and not just disliked but hated maqt that allah does not even like this individual hates this individual because of what because of the kufr that he is committing wal iyadu billah 
This is the greatest loss that a person could suffer. وَلَا يَزِيدُ الْكَافِرِينَ كُفْرُهُمْ عِنْدَ رَبِّهِمْ إِلَّا مَقْتَى وَلَا يَزِيدُ الْكَافِرِينَ كُفْرُهُمْ and the disbelief of the disbelievers does not increase them except in loss. Meaning they only suffer more and more loss. Earlier we learned those who do tilawa of the kitab, then they are doing a tijara that lantabur. They will always forever profit. Continuously they will gain and gain. And here what do we see? The exact opposite. Continuously only suffer loss and more and more loss. So in summary, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has created us. He has placed us upon this earth for some time as a test. And in this time, we have been given free will. It is up to us what we do. Whatever path we choose, that is what we go further in. Whatever path we choose, the result of it is something that is unavoidable. If a person chooses the path of obedience to Allah, of gratitude to Allah, then the consequences are good. And if a person chooses a path of disobedience to Allah, disbelief in Allah, then this will only cause him loss. Allah says, قُلْ Say, أَرَأَيْتُمْ Have you considered? Meaning, tell me. Have you thought about this? Show me. شُرَكَاءَكُمْ Your partners. Your partners, meaning those whom you associate with Allah, الَّذِينَ تَدْعُونَ مِن دُونِ اللَّهِ Those whom you call upon besides Allah. Have you considered? Now about these shuraka, aruni, show me. Aruni, from the word ra'a. Ra'a, he saw. Ara, he showed. Alright? So, aruni, you all show me. Show me, madha, what is that which khalaqu, they have created, min al-ard of the earth. These partners whom you associate with Allah and you call upon thinking that they are gods, tell me what part of the earth have they created? Which continent did they create? Which mountain did they create? Which river? Which lake? Which sea? Which atom? Which plant? Something big or small? Show me something of the earth that they have created. Um, or the reality is they haven't created anything. They've created nothing. In Surah Furqan Ayah 2, Allah says, وَاتَّخَذُوا مِن دُونِهِ آلِهَةً لَا يَخْلُقُونَ شَيْئًا وَهُمْ يُخْلَقُونَ They have taken besides Allah gods who don't create anything, rather they themselves have been created. They are a creation. How could they create? Am or, meaning or tell me, لَهُمْ they have, meaning do they have shirkun, a share, some partnership, fissamawat, in the skies? Meaning if they have not created anything on the earth, any part of the earth, then do they have some partnership when it comes to the skies? Meaning partnership with Allah? Meaning, did they create the skies with Allah? Do they manage the skies with Allah? Do they look after the skies with Allah? No, they don't. Am or, meaning then, if these gods, these idols, they've created nothing, and they don't deserve to be worshipped, then on what basis are you worshipping them? On the basis of some scripture, on some revelation? Well, that is not true. Allah says, Am or أَتَيْنَاهُمْ We have given them kitaban, a book. فَهُمْ سُدَيْ عَلَى بَيِّنَةٍ مِّنْ عَلَى upon بَيِّنَةٍ Some proof, minhu from it. Meaning some proof that they have from that scripture. Meaning, what scripture do they have on the basis of which they are performing this shirk? Because you see, 
there are two reasons why you would do something. Right? Firstly, because logically it makes sense. Alright? And secondly, because your religion or your book, it tells you to do it. Right? Now if you think about it, shit doesn't make sense logically. And the people of Makkah specifically, remember they had no scripture. They were an unlettered nation. And even if they did have something, firstly they didn't, even if they did have something, then is it really true? Or is it something that's written by man? Am ataynahum? Is it really from Allah? Some scripture from which they have taken proof of this idol worship? Allah says, Bal rather. The fact is that they have no proof. In not. Ya'idu zalimun. Ya'idu, he promises. Al-zalimun, the zalim, the wrongdoers, and over here, mushrikun, because inna shirka lazulmun alim. The wrongdoers, they do not promise, ba'duhum, some of them, ba'dan to others, illa except ghurura, delusion. Meaning they're only affirming each other in deception. They don't really have any truth. They don't really have any textual evidence. They don't really have any revelation. Forget revelation, they don't even have any logical proof. So then on what basis are they doing this shirk? It's just that they are promising each other of deception. This is similar to how one person is lying. Alright? And another person accepts his lie. And then he passes it on. Alright? And then what happens? A third person hears of that lie and passes that on. And then a fourth person. And the next thing you know, it's all over the internet. It's all over the world. And if you dig into that story, where did it start from? Hearsay. Assumption. No factual proof. No evidence whatsoever. Is this something that we experience in the media today? It's something so common. And it's so sad. It makes you wonder of how reliable many of these agencies are or many of these journalists are. Because it's just making a story out of what? Out of nothing. Right? A story is fabricated. Pieces are put together which don't even make any sense. Right? And then what happens? It's blown out of proportion. One takes from the other and another takes from him. And then it's accepted as truth. Isn't it? Whereas in reality, it's not truth at all. If you dig into it, deep down into it, you'll find out that it's all based on assumption, hearsay. So this is how shirk is also. It's just that people are affirming each other without any proof. It's become part of their culture. It's become religion. And if you really go deep into it, there's no basis for this false religion. There's no basis for this idolatry. And many lies can spread like this. Many lies. And literally people hold them as, as their beliefs. They have yaqeen. They have certainty. I remember I heard a story as a child of these animals that lived in a forest. Okay? And what happened? There was a rabbit and the rabbit heard something and he started running. Alright, started running and another animal asked, what happened? And the rabbit said, oh, there's groom. Alright? And then, what's gurum? Oh, it's, it's gurum, gurum. What is gurum? It's, it's a monster. Alright? And then, the news just spreads, and all the animals are just running, running, running. And finally, somebody questions, what is that? And they realize it was just a coconut or some fruit that fell. This is how falsehood spreads. 
This is how it spreads. And this is how shirk has spread. It's funny, but it's sad. Because imagine people believing that that groom is real. Whereas there's nothing such as that groom. Right? If you look into it, it has no basis. No evidence. بَلْ إِنْ يَعِدُ الظَّالِمُونَ بَعْضُهُمْ بَعْضًا إِلَّا غُرُورًا It's just deception. These wrongdoers are just following their forefathers blindly. They have no proof. Each generation is following the previous blindly. And each group is affirming the other. And so they think they are upon the truth. Whereas in reality, they are not upon truth at all. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, He draws our attention towards real proof that shows us the evidence of the tawheed, the oneness of Allah, the existence of Allah. إِنَّ اللَّهَ Indeed Allah يُمْسِكُ السَّمَاوَاتِ وَالْأَرْضِ He is holding the skies and the earth. يُمْسِكُ imsak To retain meaning to keep something. To not let it go. Like for example, not let it fall. Not let it go out of its place. Leave its position. So Allah is retaining. He is keeping. He is holding the skies and the earth from what? أَن Last day, tazula. They both tazula. Tazula, alif, what does it indicate? It's dual. Meaning he is protecting them from going za'il. What does it mean by this word tazula? From the root letter za'i, ya, lam, za'il. And what does za'il mean? To swerve. To sway from one's place. Alright? To move from one's place. Meaning Allah is holding the earth in its place, in its orbit. The sky in its place, where it's supposed to be. Each creation, each celestial body, where it is supposed to be. Because if they were to move from their positions, then what would happen to the earth? Haven't we heard that if the earth was to move even an inch closer to the sun, what would happen? It would burn. Right? And if it was to move an inch away from the sun, then what would happen? It would freeze. Right? So who is it that's ensuring that the earth remains in its orbit? Who? Allah. I mean, isn't this enough of a proof that there is God? Because aren't there so many other planets or so many other bodies out there in space, celestial bodies that cannot sustain life because, because what? They're not in the proper location. Right? So Allah is the one who is keeping the sky in its place, the earth in its place, so that there is life. And tazula, zail, zail is also when something declines, alright, like the zawal of the sun, when it begins to decline, to disappear, to cease to exist. Meaning Allah is sustaining the sky and the earth so that they do not cease to exist. I mean, it's amazing. The earth, for example, the resources that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has kept within the earth. Right? How much water there is. How much water there is even frozen. Right? It's amazing. Who is sustaining life on this planet? Allah. Wala in and surely if zalata. They both swayed, meaning the earth and the sky were to move from their positions, or they ceased to exist, then what would happen? In amsakahuma, in not amsakahuma, he could retain both of them. Min ahadin, anybody, min bardihi, after him. No one, ahad, min ahad, no one 
could bring the earth back to its position. No one. I mean, if you think about it, if a mountain, if a part of a mountain even, you know, it collapses or, or something, an earthquake, right? Landslide. Let's not go very big. Even a landslide. Are we able to bring that land back to where it was? No, we cannot. We are so weak. in Indeed, he is ever halim, forbearing, and he is ghafoor, he is forgiving. So what's the lesson? You want to learn about the evidence of tawheed? You want to learn who truly is deserving of worship? All you need to do is just look up to the sky and look at the earth beneath your feet. Where did this come from? Who is sustaining it? Who is maintaining it? Who is ensuring that everything stays in its place so that life can continue? And look, إِنَّهُ كَانَ حَلِيمًا غَفُورًا He is forbearing and forgiving. Because really, the kind of actions that we do, the kind of things we say, the kind of behavior we display, what are we deserving of? That we don't get even a moment to live. Has it ever happened that you see a child disobeying you or somebody not following your instructions and you take revenge immediately? Sometimes by shouting or sometimes by taking away what you've given them, sometimes in the form of punishment, sometimes in the form of a slap or something. You show disapproval, you show rage. And what are those acts? So small. And compare that with the kind of disobedience we show to our Rabb. And despite that, He doesn't take our ability to breathe away from us. He doesn't destroy the earth beneath our feet. He doesn't destroy the earth, this universe. And if He wanted to, He could. But He doesn't because He is Halim and He is Ghafoor. Exactly. I mean, the skies and the earth existed before us. Right? We are just here temporarily. And we know that when we die, the earth will continue, the sky will continue, and all of this will come to an end when? On the day of judgment. When Allah decides, إِذَا السَّمَاءٌ شَقَّتْ إِذَا السَّمَاءٌ فَطَرَتْ Right? وَإِذَا الْجِبَالُ سُيِّرَتْ When this universe, when the sky will fall, when the earth will be broken, when everything will be finished, who, who can stop the day of judgment from coming? Nobody can. In Surah Al-Rum, Ayah 25, Allah says, وَمِنْ آيَاتِهِ أَن تَقُومَ السَّمَاءُ وَالْأَرْضُ بِأَمْرِهِ It is of His signs that the sky and the earth are standing by His command. Standing meaning they are qa'im. They, they continue to exist. They are running. By whose command? By the command of Allah. Allah is Halim and Ghafoor. Who is Halim? Halim is one who has the power to take revenge. Who has the power? But he is tolerant. And this is a sign of great strength and honor. You see, even for a human being, if he's patient, right, and forgiving, isn't that very honorable? It's very honorable. And a person who's always lashing out, always yelling, always taking revenge, there's no honor there. So, إِنَّهُ كَانَ حَلِيمًا He is tolerant and he is غَفُورًا He is forgiving. Recitation. 